How are you, Kevin? Are you good? I'm good, John. How are you? Oh, fantastic. Yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's life's good. The weather's good. I'm, you know, I'm happy with, with everything. Oh. I've got nothing to complain about. That's no good. Maybe we should do this next week. Yeah. No, 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 we, we can't. We've got to do it now. There's uh, public waiting for ah, us. Okay. Well, um, let me have a go. See if I can okay. Use. All right. All right. Um, my girlfriend and I have a couple of new additions to the family. Oh, wow. Please explain. I'm, I'm confused. <laughs> it's nothing uh, like, uh, it's not like you have to come over and see the baby or anything like that. We, we, uh, we live in a little uh, apartment in the city and we thought we need a little extra company around. And we, we've gone out and bought ourselves uh, two guinea pigs. Wow. Okay, that's, that's commitment. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's pretty serious now. And like... Why did you buy the guinea pigs? Was well, it just a case that you needed, a, I suppose, a, a pseudo baby, a, a focus? <laughs> well, for for me, I'll tell you why we think we did it, and maybe you can you can do a bit of a pop psychoanalysis here and tell 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 me why you think we did it. Uh, okay, right, well, yeah, I'm ready. All right, I I had guinea pigs as a child. They were very fluffy, very cute, and uh, at the same time, you could go off and and. Uh, go to work and, and leave them to their own devices for the day, and, and they wouldn't mind. They'd, they'd make their own fun, and when you got home, they'd be right there waiting. They wouldn't have torn up the sofa, and, uh, um, yeah, they, they, they keep in their, their, their cage so that the house stays clean. And, yeah, I think they're just generally a very agreeable animal to, to suit our, our inner-city mm-hmm. lifestyle. Yeah. Now, Jess is, is a cat-and-dog person. Yep, yeah, I can um, understand that. I'm, I'm a, a dog person. Okay, so she's one of those uh, people who, uh, if we're out and about in the city, she'll stop and look at every single dog that uh, walks by, and uh, they're all puppies to her. And yes. uh, yeah, so and she back home at the farm where she's from, she she's always had a cat, and um, so I think that's what she really wanted. But given the the type of place we live in, I think uh, guinea pig is the closest thing she'll get. So for her, it's 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 uh, um, maybe not the ideal, but certainly yes. the best she can hope for. Okay. So and, so so yep, go on. And so that's why we got them. Basically, okay. we both wanted something uh, cuddly to come home and cuddle at the end of the day and and uh, fuss over. Yeah, fuss over that that wouldn't mind that we w- had our own lives as well. Wow. Okay. Yeah. No. Look. Um, what do you see got, here, John? I I, I, I think that that you, there's there's problems. Oh. <laughs> How did I guess? <laughs> Serious problems. Um, this have, is why I brought it to you, John. Because exactly, I detected this, there was something under the surface. This is why I'm here. Have either of you been found in a fetal position on the kitchen floor naked at 12 a.m. lately? No. Well, um, that's the other symptom. That's not the kind of thing I would admit to, and certainly I haven't <laughs> found her that way. So okay, all right. Okay. I'm going to say yeah. no. All right, so you're not in the advanced stages yet. Um, look, I, I think that this is, yeah, like, you know, this is kind of saying that um, it's serious, you know. Um, it's a serious, serious condition. Um, I think the pair of you have it. Um, it's called love. For each other, presumably. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a mutual thing. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of saying that we really love each other and um, we want to express that love for each other in some embodied way. Okay. Um, okay. 
there's relief flooding over me right now because yeah. uh, this isn't as quite as bad as I feared. It's, it's actually where's, it's, where's the problem here? It's well, you see, the thing is, well, this is the problem with humanity. You know what I mean? Um, like I've heard actually that you know there's this thing as far as kind of like the grey apes are concerned that you've got the the gorillas and the chimpanzees and and the humans if you call them great apes are um, of one set right and then there's this other set which the only remaining example of is the um, um, orangutan and the orangutan apparently isn't very very social it's not social no and it, apparently it's quite solitary and they get together for sex. And then they, 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 they just bugger off, you know what I mean? And they, they have their <laughs> so own little speak. bit. Yeah, yeah. They have their own little bit of, you know, the, the, the rainforest that's theirs. And, okay. you know, that's it. Um, whereas kind of the other great apes and, and humans as well were, were social, you know. And um, we do this to, to, to um, kind of, um, or I suppose it's genetics, you know. And part of, you know, that social side is, you know, ha- you know raising things, looking after things, you know. And, and in humans, this has led to looking after lots of things, be it kind of, um, you know, um, the, the wheat and the rice in the field or, or be it, you know, in, I suppose, the, the 21st century, the, the, the project you're working on at work or something like that, you know what I mean? Um, we have this nurturing side to us, and it's part of you know communal living. It's part of getting on together. But I, I, so I hate to say it, um, uh, uh, Kevin, you, you've got a, a problem yourself and Jess that um, about ninety nine point nine percent of the human population has. It has. It's called love. It's called commitment. Um, there, there's no cu- no cure. No. Okay. Well, um, you, thanks for breaking the news. Uh, I, I, you broke it very very eloquently. And yeah, and it's 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 lifelong. <laughs> It's um, terminal, is it? It's well, it, it, it can be lived with. Okay, um, you know, um, uh, um, seeing the odd kind of American romantic comedy can alleviate the symptoms. Mm. Um, but I think you've just got to, you know, you've just got to deal with the deal with it. You know, <laughs> face up to the fact. Don't deny it. You have it. Okay, live with it. Well, there's this interesting thing. As long as we're talking about my guinea pigs. Because I don't think we've talked about them enough. Um, Oh, oh, yeah, that's right. Guinea pigs. You got guinea pigs. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, okay. (laughs) That's right. That's what we were talking about. Um, When I had guinea pigs as a child, and and I must have had them over the space of at least five years, so this was quite a long career of caring for guinea pigs, Um, they they used to make this sound. And um, I don't know, I'll do my best to, to. give you an impression of it here um the sound is something like <laughs> excuse me so, there. <laughs> so what was that kevin i wasn't listening jeez <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, yes, yes, i'm I no guinea that. pig there, i'm no guinea pig but it's a it's a sort of a, a um a low-pitched rumble that they make Mm. And we always took it for purring because, you know, if you've got a cat and you stroke it in, in the right way, it'll be very happy and mm. it'll purr mm-hmm. at you. Well, guinea pigs make a similar little thrumming sound. But um, we only just discovered the other day that this is actually a sound of uh, aggression and um, unhappiness. Mm. And so for at least five years as a child, yes. I was doing my darndest to cause my guinea pigs to make this sound because you I thought it was a sound of contentment. Wow, and it was, it was aggression. It was aggression and unhappiness and uh, generally not having a good time. You lived, you lived a lie. I lived a lie, and not only that, I must have caused those guinea pigs a terrible amount of grief, pain, and, and, and 
distress. Mm. Well, that's that's terrible. You know, how do you feel? Are you going to try and, I suppose, now with your enlightened... I feel like I have a lot to make up for you. Yeah. Kind of, you know, try not to make them purr. You Before know? the guinea pig police show up and break down my door and because yeah, I'm sure them they away exist, Kevin. Us, the uh, yeah, the, the guinea pig social workers um, <laughs> who have the best, you know, the, the I guinea have to pigs. make up for it. Well, I wonder what a guinea pig social worker would be like. You know, they kind of <laughs> come around and they say, you know, they, you know, we're here, you know, for the guinea pigs. You That's know? right. That that water bottle is terribly full of algae, and uh, yeah. Get your hands off them. You're, you're going down. I hate to tell you, though. Look, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to bring it up, though. Apparently, yeah. uh, it's somewhere in South America. It's either guinea pigs or hamsters. Like, they're yeah. all the same to me, and I'm sure that has offended you already. But the the way that guinea pigs and were um, domesticated was through farmers kind of having houses, right? And they essentially the guinea pigs were essentially like a, a, a mouse in the house. You know, yeah. they kind of came in and, and foraged for food. Mm-hmm. But what happened was that the the farmers started to feed the guinea pigs. So the guinea pigs lived there. So they'd take the scraps and they'd throw them on the floor. The guinea pigs would eat it. And then, because you'd had a kind of a system of kind of, you know, um, symbiosis, uh, the farmer would want something. So every now and again, he'd grab a guinea pig and whack it over the head and pop it in the pot. So they, they essentially the way the guinea pigs, it's either guinea pigs or hamsters, it's one or the other, um, w- were domesticated, was through essentially, you know, being in the house. And I've, I've definitely heard stories of guinea pigs being eaten in uh, Peru, among other places. Yeah, it is South America, isn't it? So it's probably mm. Peru, yes. You see, But see, this, Kevin, this is what I want the show to be, okay? I want it to be... <laughs> A, a, an education, you know okay. what I mean? You know, I, I want people to to, 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 to you know, say, oh, wow, you know, um, when's the latest episode coming out? Because I learned so much. In fact, <laughs> I didn't know that guinea pigs were a delicacy in Peru. You know well, I mean? it may not just be in Peru because one of the bottles that uh, the pet shop sold to us, and it's some mm-hmm. sort of uh, flea-be-gone or, or anti-lice spray, Anyway, mm-hmm. something you spray your guinea pigs with to make them uh, a little more happy. Uh, it says on the bottle, um, do not spray on animals intended for human consumption. Oh, that, that that's lovely, isn't it? it? It just kind of says to you, you know, there's so much I don't know about the world. <laughs> I know. There's people in, in, in Australia who, on their way home from work, go, you know, what would be good tonight? Mm. And they stop by Some the pet shop licking. on the way home and pick up uh, a couple of guinea pigs for twenty bucks a pop. They're not mm. cheap. They're not cheap, so they must be really tasty. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. No. But look. Anyway, I look, Kevin. I I, I commend you um, and and uh, you know uh, your partner there uh, for, for getting the guinea pigs, um, giving them a good home, giving them a good life, um, and, and and long may they live. Thank you. Um, yes, and it, 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 it's a good thing, and I think it's a mature thing as well too. So, Kevin, um, I've been I've been blogging again. Have you? Yes, I have. I have been not keeping up with your blog again. Well, I haven't written anything for two weeks, so you know, <laughs> you haven't missed anything. But I, I've I, I've made a I've made a posting about um, Jamie Oliver. All right. You know who Jamie Oliver is, don't I, you? I definitely know who Jamie Oliver is. Right. Do you want to explain? Okay, cause, you know, this For the is benefit a- of our listeners, 
um, Jamie Oliver is a TV chef who has, um, through no form of talent that I'm able to see, made his way to the top of TV chefdom and indeed to the height of celebrity, uh, not only in his home country of Britain, but also here on our fair shores of Australia. Um, He's got a strange way of speaking. He's got one of these uh, working-class English accents that apparently uh, endears him to the um, lonely housewives that buy his books and videos and DVDs and uh, endure his television programs for hours on end. Kevin, that is scathing. Have I stolen your thunder here? No, John? no, no, no. You, you, you've basically discovered another kind of, you know, uh, dimension to to this whole thing that you know could be explored. No, no. I, what I was going to say, okay, right, was um, I, I basically, um, I've decided to to set up a series of postings on my my blog of of people I hate, right. Um, it was started with Maria Sharapova, and the latest episode is um, the Jamie Oliver episode, um, and it's going to be a study on, on on people I hate and why I hate them. Because the thing is, I hate them for different reasons. Mm. But, well, uh, I would hate to think that you hated Jamie Oliver for the same reason you hated Maria Sharapova. No, no, she doesn't. No, he he doesn't kind of grunt yeah, every as, time as, he as he's chopping vegetables. Oh, yeah. oh, oh. <laughs> No, no, he doesn't do that. Now, the reason why I hate Jamie Oliver, okay, is because I, I, I saw a documentary um, this week um, about Jamie Oliver, and it, it it kind of explained, you know, the last kind of 10 years of Jamie Oliver's meteoric rise to fame. And the thing that got me about it was that he, he is actually genuinely um, very, very talented, right? Um. My, my my partner. Please explain. My partner studies. Um, um, her specialty is Renaissance art. Okay, so I've learned a bit about how it was, you know, four five hundred years ago in Italy, and you had this situation where these these great masters, be they kind of uh, uh, Michelangelo, be they Leonardo, whoever, uh, started at a very young age. They were like ten, and they were an apprentice f- for some other master. You better and not be going with this. Where I think you're going with this. Well, I'll, I'll just go and you'll tell me if I'm there, okay? But anyway, what happened was uh, at a very young age, they were essentially uh, apprentices at about the age of 10. And they were learning the skills. And then such by the time that they reached 16, 18 years of age, they'd had their first uh, masterpiece. And it was just like, oh, my God. Um, whereas for us, kind of in um, the developed world, we, um, you know, kind of the 20th century, 21st century developed world, we have this whole scholastic scheme and, you know, it's, it keeps us busy until the age of 25 where we have to decide what we're going to do with our life, all right? And the thing with Jamie Oliver is that he's actually quite counter to that and he's more of a renaissance man, okay? A renaissance man. He... he Grew up, right, um, and his parents owned this pub in Essex in England, and uh, the pub was called The Cricketers, and he he uh, started just doing the dishes at about the age of 10, all right? You can see where I'm heading. And then, you know, he one of the chefs would say to him, hey, Jamie, go over there and get an onion, 
from the mm. pantry. So he'd run over and get a, an onion. And then they'd say, hey, while you're there, chop it. And he'll chop it. And they'll say, no, that's not how you chop it. And you'd have this chef show him how to chop up the onion. Mm. So he learned to do all this stuff at a very young age. Such that by the time he was like about um, 18, he'd already had about eight years experience in his parents' um, I suppose professional kitchen. Yes. So he went off to catering school and did two years there. Such, but the, by the time he was twenty, he, he really actually did have genuinely have ten years experience. Mm. Right. Then he um, uh, cut a long story short. He 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 got discovered. Okay, and they they built a show around him, and he actually rose to the occasion and kind of made cooking groovy. Um, and then a debatable he, point, if ever there were one. <laughs> okay, but just, just give it to me for a moment, okay? Yeah. Made cooking groovy. Then he married, you know, his childhood sweetheart, who just happened to be a model. You know, he's Lucky. had yeah. he's had two beautiful children to her. Mm-hmm. He's um, then gone on, and he's he so he's made lots of money. He set up these charity restaurants uh, called Fifteen, which takes fifteen unemployed people. Yes. And gives them a job and trains yes. them how to be a chef. Mm-hmm. Then he's gone on, uh, and, and from that, by the way, actually he 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 got an MBE, which is like member of the British Empire. So he he met the Queen and was given this you know, you know little little medal. Then he went on and he took on kind of the the public school uh, food program in England and said it's really really bad. It's been corrupted by big business kind of serving offal and fried potato and so we've got to basically give better food to kids so he's actually kind of improved the dietary intake of all of these children in england okay so he's done all of this stuff and the thing that gets me about him okay right and because remember this is about me not liking jamie right i i know i'm very confused at the moment is that he's a year older than me okay he's like one year older than me and he's just done all this stuff like i fucking hate him you know what I mean? Like, there's no, no way I can possibly compete with that. You John, know, he, John. he just, he, he makes me feel inept. You know, and, and that's, that's, that's why I don't like him. Look, I, I've, I've already spelled out in not so many words my reasons for hating Jamie Oliver, but I have to, I have to step up and defend the guy. Uh, if, if the reason you hate him is because of how much he's accomplished and how um, yeah, yeah, yeah. unhappy it makes you with what you've achieved. It, in he life. makes me feel ordinary. Yeah, well, you need to take a, a, a step back and uh, maybe it's you that you're unhappy with. No, I'm unhappy with Jamie Oliver. If it wasn't for Jamie Oliver, I'd look okay. Yeah. Know, like, <laughs> imagine going to a party and you just go, oh, hi, yeah, thanks for inviting me to the party. Oh, by the way, this is my mate, Jamie Oliver. Mm. What would happen? Well, I suspect uh, you'd punch him in the face before anything else. No, could no, happen no, 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 but, no, no. Let's say I wasn't violent, okay? Okay, because okay. you know I'm not. You know I'm <laughs> well, a pacifist. For the purposes of this podcast, John is not violent. Yeah, yeah. But imagine I turned up at a party with Jamie Oliver. Okay, people would ignore me. They just go, "Oh, hi, John. Is right. that Jamie Oliver?" Yeah, and I go, "Oh, yeah, yeah. It's um, it's um, Jamie Oliver. He's a major mine." And he'd go, "Oh, hi, yeah. How are you?" And and like. Everybody would be looking at him, and I'd just say, oh, all right, Jamie, I'll just wait for you out in the car, and but when you're ready to go, I'll, I'll take you home. You need to be thankful, John. I think you need to be thankful for what you have in life, and the one thing that you have in life that Jamie Oliver will never have, yes. aside from me as a good and dear <laughs> friend, Great, thank you, yes. <laughs> um, is that you will 
Never be subject to the tall poppy syndrome. I wouldn't mind giving it a go. Which, it, like, it might, it might look seriously. You know, you, 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 it might be, it might be fun. Our listeners may not uh, be familiar with that term, the tall poppy syndrome. At least here in Australia, and I suspect in many parts of Europe, is the vernacular for um, the effect of any time someone gets too big for their britches or is a big success. Those who may not have seen that kind of success in life feel the need to cut them down. And it's anytime you see a, uh, a Hollywood star in the tabloids um, being smeared mercilessly, this is a classic example of that. And uh, yeah, people love to see the, the celebrities and the, the successful people in the world get cut down to size. And um, that's something that you'll never have to worry about, John. Well, actually, um, as far as the, the, the this show is about cultural exchange, okay? Mm. Um, as far as the cultural exchange here um, with your kind of, you know, North American um, heritage, um, the one reputation that the North Americans have is that they're, they're very, very positive. And they're about saying, well, that guy's good, but he deserves to be where he is because he's worked really hard and he's earned it fair play to him. Whereas Australia has a, a, a different attitude. It's the tall poppy syndrome. Um, they respect the underdog, the person that is being downtrodden and not given a chance. But the person who has been given a chance and actually does very well for themselves, thank you very much. Mm. Um, it's just like, well, look at him. You know what I mean? He, he, he He's just a bit of a... You know, he's just a bit of a, you know, one of them things, you know. He, right. You know, like, why does he think he's so great? And that's a very, very kind of big thing, part of Australian culture. Right. And I would argue as well, too, I think it's 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 part of Irish culture and British Isles culture as well, too. Mm-hmm. Would you agree with me, though? Um, like, that's the reputation, at least that I have, of kind of like Ameri- um, uh, North American culture. Uh, am I wrong in saying that? I think you give us too too much credit, John. Certainly the, the thriving... Um um, thriving industry of tabloids in in North America and and the the constant media attention that you see for for Hollywood's best and brightest, uh, just what terrible things they've done lately. Um, in the past week alone, the uh, and I, I have to say up front here, I, I am not a big fan of Britney Spears, but. Uh, here we have all over the news that Britney Spears has been driving with her uh, baby daughter on her lap. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Stop the presses. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and, you know, the only reason that she is being held up um, for the masses to, to see in this way is because she has succeeded in life in some way and people want to see her take the fall for it. And I'm afraid to say it's very much the same in in, in Canadian culture. Uh, okay, that they they will they're they're quite prepared. They'll to jump right on you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No. No. Because like it's at least and, and you know I, I I claim to be no expert. Okay. Yeah. Right. But I'm, I'm just saying that that the cliche is that you know kind of North American culture is a bit kind of positive. Okay. Well. And whereas kind of like kind of Australian and definitely British Isles culture because I think mm. Australia is a bit more positive than Brit- British Isles mm. okay because I think they're far too pessimistic but uh, yeah the the, okay. the, 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 um, the British well, there Isles there may be there may be a difference in degree that I'm not accounting for here certainly um, yes uh, the impression I get 
as someone who's never spent much time in the British Isles uh, no. <laughs> of their tabloids is that they are uh, far worse over there. Scathing. Scathing and merciless. Mm. But, um, yeah, certainly Australia is a lot closer to what you get in Canada. Yeah. No, no, Australia, it's a good middle ground. I, mm. I, I like it, you know, and yeah. the weather's good, so that's all that matters. Okay. So, so anyway, Kevin, we, we've actually been talking now for a, a good bit. Mm. Is it too long? No, is I it time to, to wind it up? Or yeah, do, do you have something else up your sleeve? I think that's just about right. Just about right, okay? Just about right. Fantastic. Okay. Well, look, it's, it's been a good week, and this week, th- this has made it better. <laughs> and I think it's time to sign off in a nice way. Okay. It's, the, it's the come down. Yeah. So, well, so do, you, do you want to sign off? Yes, uh, from, from John and Kev here at uh, the Lost Outback podcast. Have a good week. Bye-bye.